0: To Meet Me Backstage
1: This is the podcast that celebrates the talented and inspiring people Who work behind the scenes in the music industry all around the
0: world Meet the backstage stars who make the magic happen before the beat drops Meet Me Backstage
1: there and welcome to another episode of Meet Me Backstage with me Nikki. In this week's episode I'm going to introduce you to a festival stage manager from Exit Festival who I got to know really well over the years as I'm constantly taking photographers and journalists to the dance arena stage and he was always there to help me. When I think about how we work together, it reminds me that even though I am normally at an event overseeing media and artist interviews, I often need to collaborate with others on site to get things done. And having that understanding of other people's roles at the event and taking the time to talk to them about what you need to do can really help you work better together. And also understand why sometimes it's a no and why you can't always do everything. But when you see it from their perspective, you understand why and you can find solutions together. One good example for me is the security staff at events as they are always crucial in helping me get me and my team around the site and can make or break a situation when you really need to get somewhere fast. It's also nice to hang out and have a chat to get to know them too, as they work long hours on site just like we do, so it's nice to say hello and show you care about them too. And for me, any excuse for a chat. (laughs) So let's get started and find out more about working at festivals with Miroslav Miletic. Hey, Miro, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining me.
0: Yeah, thanks for the invite. Uh, kind of had a, had a small talk about a few days ago and uh, about us not, not seeing each other for like over, was it over a year? More than a year. It's probably over longer,
1: isn't it? I mean, it feels so weird, doesn't yeah. it, without seeing each other at the different events we work on. So, how have you been?
0: Yeah, I, I kind of didn't want to go fully into thinking that we haven't seen each other for over a year. Aww. Well, we'll but, see each uh, other again soon. Yeah, yeah, this year has to be, to be the one, at least at least for the, for the exit festival.
1: I think everyone's feeling positive for this year. So what have you been doing over the past year then? How have you been keeping yourself busy? Yeah,
0: well overall I'm fine. I'm just trying to keep myself as, as busy as much as possible and uh, always ready to move forward when the, those, these measures ease in Serbia and as well as the region. So we can like continue bringing joy into people's lives especially after the last year. It's been difficult especially for for us we we do have like five or six festivals during a year and numerous events and we just...
1: It's difficult isn't it it, and I was just going to say you know the situation is different in every country so what's it been like in Serbia?
0: The restrictions are like okay we do have everything is closed after 8pm only like you know, markets are working until 9 p.m. and that's pretty much it. We have few places that are only when I say places, I mean like clubs that are open in the morning from 6 a.m. until 12 p.m. But that's pretty much it. This is completely something different that we are. We're not. We're just not used to it. We haven't experienced not even the close to this. Okay, it's been it's been it's been a similar thing during the. During the bombings back in '99, but that's that's pretty much it.
1: So was it difficult finding things to do, keeping yourself busy with your mental health? You know, did you try to go to the gym more or do other things?
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. That I was doing, like trying to keep myself sane and uh, keep myself uh, just keep my mind mind rushing to some some other things rather than thinking about COVID cases and uh, COVID deaths all the time.
1: Yeah, it's good to have a focus, isn't it, and keep your mind busy. I totally agree. So you mentioned not seeing each other before, um, and yes, I feel the same. I was really sad when I wasn't able to be there when Exit did their amazing live stream project, and you were allowed to have a limited amount of people on site with social distancing, etc. I mean, it looked amazing. Um, so how was that to put together? You know, uh, what additional measures did you have to put in place, and you know, how did you make it happen? Because it must have been so hard.
0: Well, um, imagine having less than a month to to assemble a lineup of that caliber to implement the entire set of measures at the festival. I mean, that that was really something else, something different for us to do to accommodate the artists according to their needs, to purchase flights, to provide all the equipment, to get familiar and also implement the newly newly set of measures, etc. That was a bit of a hard task to achieve. So even though we are, we are used to a full capacity of over 50,000 people per, per night at the festival, uh, limiting it to 500 per evening and also physically distance them was a bit unsatisfactory to, a satisfactory thing to see, you know, a dancer in a Mordor, you know, that, that we, we call it. So. However, the, the entire program, the production, the project, the hospitality team worked like a, like a clock. And we, we managed to make it one of the few events in the world last year. And we as the team couldn't be more proud of ourselves. That was really something for the book. And we are yet to acknowledge what exactly we made in the years to come. Really, really something special.
1: Yeah, as I say, your hard work paid off. It looked fantastic. I mean, even to you know build a stage and do all the production stuff in COVID times, to distant stuff must have been difficult even before the artists arrived.
0: Yeah, definitely. We, we we had to first understand all the measures, then implement them, then make make sure everybody was following them uh, accordingly, and we we all. Even for us as, uh, as event managers and as well as um, us be behind the, the scene and the, the crowd and everybody had to follow the exact same measures and keep everybody as safe as possible. So making up an event that everybody is as, as safe as possible is possible.
1: I mean, it sounds amazing that you managed to achieve that. So um, what do you think you learned from doing that?
0: Well, um, not much is different organizing a 500 people event and what could go wrong. We <laughs> absolutely will. So being <laughs> prepared is like, uh, is a paramount in our field of work. Yeah. But um, it did made me a bit more patient, especially uh, during the day. Things start to slowly but surely go off the track and also made me stay much more uh, focused and anticipate numerous things that could happen just So I could easily uh, overcome them and focus on the next thing that is just around the corner. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, basically it was a different level, of course, a harder one. And I'm forever grateful that I had the chance to experience it. I feel like I I aged at least five years after Exit Livestream, but we made it happen and it was spectacular.
1: (laughs) So it's good that even through a difficult situation, you can take some positives and you've learned something. So that's good. Of course, yeah. So I mentioned in the intro, when introducing you, um, that it's important to understand people's different roles in the industry and the different people you work with on events, kind of like demystifying the behind the scenes for the listeners as well. You know, I've learned over time that, you know, you really have to know about other people's jobs in the festival or event you're working on, and you also have to understand each other's jobs and how they work and what your needs are and what things you need to get done. And obviously you're someone who always helps me get things done. Done, but you know, I've had to learn a lot about your role and how things work and how we can work together to make things happen. So, I'd love you to talk a bit more about your role, particularly as a stage manager on a festival, to understand more about what you do and what things need to be done.
0: Okay, let me try and dive into the things because it was like 10 years ago that my first assignment. The exit festival as a stage manager of uh, formerly Happy Novice Art stage and now is no sleep stage. Uh, my first assignment was to, to understand artist needs and requirements, and that could really help you before the stage building process even commenced. So, a day to day email ping pong, <laughs> <laughs> as, as we call it, is a must. Yeah, yeah, and fitting everyone needs in the exact measurements of the stage. Uh, something that you do on a daily basis. So also uh, working closely with the production team, uh, obtaining the necessary backline and ensuring its arrival prior to the soundtrack on either the day of the show or the day before. And also you have a hospitality team is also a crucial part of of the entire process and gathering the intel on artists uh, ETA could help you organize everything prior to their arrival. So it goes uh, as smoothly as possible. That's something that I was doing for, for four years at, uh, no sleep stage. So four years later in uh, 2015, I've been transferred to the dance arena doing basically the same thing. However, just for, for one year. And since 2016, my official title is a program manager of the Dance Arena. And from 2017, I'm also a program manager of Star Festival in Croatia, Dance in Montenegro, and Festival uh, 84 in Bosnia. So basically, I had to go through various stages of event production in order to know each and every process and manage it with, with ease. I was also in the hospitality sector, yeah, earlier, <laughs> uh, posing as a host. So you really need to obtain as, as many skills as possible it could help you later on a lot.
1: I was just about to say that's a lot of disciplines you need to know and understand you know behind the scenes so most people wouldn't know that so that's really interesting.
0: Yeah that, that, that's something I did for like 5 or 6 years before before uh, even trying to to fit myself becoming a program manager because I really needed to go through various stages of event event production, that uh, I, I was doing everything before because I really wanted to experience everything and to know how the chain of command worked as well, yeah.
1: Now, we also talked about the building up of stages before. So is that something you also get involved in? And how long are you working on this before the festival?
0: Yeah, when I was a stage manager, I was completely involved in this. So when it comes to, to dance arena, it takes like um, around two weeks, more or less. Build uh, that monumental structure, <laughs> such as the that is is 42 meters long in total and 60 meters in height. So when I say more or less, it really depends on the heat and also rain. You never know what will hit you in the end of June and beginning of July. So a couple of weeks of prior, prior to the festival, so all the necessary preparations do need a bit more time building before the building starts. And even though there are few adjustments are possible. Once it's made, uh, it stays intact until after, after the festival. So that's, that's pretty much Once it's made, it can't go up and down anymore until <laughs> the festival ends.
1: And is it faster to take down afterwards?
0: Yeah, but it takes like uh, four or five days to dismantle everything.
1: And so in your team on the stage then, when you're working, how many people would normally be working with you?
0: Well, it depends on the venue and, and the program really. As uh, for the uh, various festivals, I do need more than than few people to cover the, the basic sectors. So we have a production manager. He or she covers the, the entire production of the stage elements prior and after the festival and also organizes a backline for each artist. Uh, the most reliable person you need in the team is basically everything depends on how organized he or she is. We, all, we are adjusting everything else according to them, basically. Then you have a stage manager that, with also my assistance, keeps track on all the necessities uh, that include both program and uh, production segments. We work closely with both tour managers and our project/operational sectors. In a close relations with the hospitality sector as well, keeps track on the, the timetable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then we have a hospitality team, yeah. It really it, it really is not an easy job uh, accommodating more than 600 artists, both domestic and international, on the day of the show or even for four days because uh, our artists almost always want to stay an extra few nights after their show, mesmerized by the site, production, and of course, hospitality sector that works like a charm. You, you met Zoitsa, right? Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, you,
0: you know exactly what I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> So then we have sound technicians that are working closely with the production production manager and stage manager as well. And then we have backline equipment team. You do remember um, back in 2015 when almost an entire case of uh, 40 kilos of Octa-1's equipment was lost. Was oh lost my at God! The yeah, because so they had to
1: play on a different night and you the, had to try and find the equipment and borrow it from anywhere. And they still played though. Credit to exactly. them. Exactly. So. They carried on like true yeah, professionals yeah, yeah. So they are.
0: <laughs> exactly. Basically, they had, they had to play uh, around midnight and we had them play, uh, I think they, they, they were like closing the, the stage or maybe um, just, just, just an act before before the closing. So we had a West network or backline providers had uh, only one and sole purpose of fighting the, the equipment parts. That assembled the proper octa one show, of course they they delivered with the special help of our d j and producer friends that had every single piece of equipment that was a really, really a magnificent show they, i mean they, they got all the equipment at, at the in the end i mean they were just they were the same, just not there <laughs> <laughs> so however for, for a small venue such as our like promo party at the crane festival, a crane for all the hotel in amsterdam, shout out to our to our friends from the magical for all the hotel in Amsterdam. I only need the uh, need host. And pretty much everything is covered either by me or with the help uh, from the hotel. So basically, we're operational for either 80 people in a small club in created in Amsterdam or 25,000 hardcore ravers at the dance arena. Basically, we can do everything. <laughs> I mean, this is not, I mean I'm, not, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying we, we covered everything. We, we did our homework and we know, we know how to either accommodate or... Uh, 80, 80 people or 25,000 people. That's pretty much, it doesn't surprise us. It, nothing can surprise us even more. No.
1: So you have to cover so many things and also be a problem solver and have to think on your feet when things go wrong or DJ's equipment doesn't arrive.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, you really, really, really need to anticipate that that things, that all the things that con- could go wrong, you surely will, most definitely will. And that, that that's the <laughs> thing you learn just by doing this this thing. Absolutely, everything would would go wrong if if it has to, it will. Why?
1: But it's how you deal with it, I guess, is the issue. You know how you cope yeah. with the Basically, situation and how you
0: how you survive afterwards. Yeah, it, it, it really like separates you from somebody else. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, you did say during the live stream you've learned to be more patient, so hopefully that will help you when things go wrong in the future.
0: Hopefully it will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned earlier about doing events in different countries. So how does that differ and what challenges does that bring up when you're working in different countries?
0: Well, we we pretty much do all our festivals with the the same production and project crews. We are kind of only facing with... uh, Numerous administrative entanglements, so to speak, that each country has and are trying to master them prior, prior to the event. So we don't, do not have any backlashes from the administrative superiors that can't wait to visit us uh, at the venue and find uh, mistakes as tiny as possible. So it really does ease our job if we, if we do, do know the administrative rules and regulations for, for each country as we are able to later on anticipate the the workflow for obtaining uh, let's say working permits or something similar and focus more on the program and the production of the festival
1: basically forgotten what I was going to say now <laughs> it's because i'm listening to what you're saying and then i forget what i'm supposed to ask you next because i'm just listening and it's it's really interesting <laughs> it's really interesting though because you know when we work together you, you're normally like Hi, hi, can I have this can I help you with that and you don't really get much time do you because you're just like we both need to do a job Sorry. and you, you do a few pleasantries don't you and you're like hey how you doing do you want a coffee and then you're like right gotta go <laughs> and then that's it um so you mentioned artist liaison before um what kind of does that involve and how do you deal with artists when they're demanding
0: Oh, yeah, but this, that, that is by, by far the most challenging and most fun part uh, of my job. I would like to get to know the, the person coming alongside the artist, so to speak, to, to do my homework before they arrive and anticipate uh, their requests and needs. Sometimes they're as friendly as, as possible. Sometimes they are not. And even the ones that are not tend to leave the festival with uh, nothing but, but praise for the entire team. So uh, it always involves a, um, Neutral understanding, well, it, it should involve mutual understanding and those agents uh, or tour managers that are company artists should really be there to make sure everything is according to their artists. However, you cannot achieve that probably by being rude, not to mention shouting or something worse. So, um, but no praise stating that um, there is no legacy as rich as honesty. So play nice and just let me know what exactly is that what you need from us will be more than happy to deliver at any time, and basically you do remember the normal kinds, so to speak, of people, much more than a, than a paltry amount of rude ones. There are of course, agents like Roman Roman, Pistel, or a tour manager like celio they are both both from Kalbrenner camp, that you do establish a bit of a personal relationship over the years. they are great professionals, always there to explain to the tiniest details what they. What they require from you and the team, and just plain and simple, they are nice guys, and not, not, they're not to, tend to make it more stressful than it should be. And as well as uh, Katie, your previous guest, is also one of the most professional people in the game, and working working with her is always a pleasure.
1: So it's interesting. You really have to be a people person as well, and learn to understand people and their needs in your job as well.
0: Exactly. You really, really need to understand what, what, what is that that they'll, they'll, they'll ask from you and it's always good to deliver that, that before they even ask for it.
1: And also, I think, you know, people do have a good time when they come to exit, both festival goers and artists, as you've said before, and I think the people of Serbia are definitely very welcoming and fun, hospitable people. I mean, I love all your hosts on the dance arena, you know, that look after the acts. They're so much fun, but they're so good at their job as well because they have fun doing it. You know, they're brilliant.
0: Yes, they are. And also they've they been trained uh, prior to uh, Exit Van Serena. They've been trained on uh, several other festivals. So they know exactly what to, what to expect and to try and best anticipate the, both artists and tour managers' needs and agencies as well. So, <laughs> but you, you, you asked me how I deal with the, with the demanding artists. Understanding those demands um, always helps to anticipate the level of a hassle they'll put you through. So it's either the artist themselves or through the agent or or a tour manager. So basically when dealing or negotiating with demanding artists, um, a level of 50-50 always needs to be achieved. And there cannot be a a winning side in this besides uh, the audience. They are here to have fun. We are there to provide it. And that is the most important thing there is basically.
1: Well, you've definitely trained them well because the artists always seem to be happy with their hosts. So a credit to you all there.
0: To so the hospitality team, they are they are doing all the preparations when it comes to hosts. However, my job there is to just tell them on what to look after and just on on which things to to, to focus their minds and their and, and their time.
1: And focus their minds, they do, Miro. They all do an amazing job. So, yes, credit to you and the hospitality team. Now, moving back to all things technical, tell me a bit about sound checks. Do you have to oversee those and what's involved?
0: Well, I really try to be on spot for each and every sound check. It does involve including almost everyone from the production chain in order to make a mock-up of the show before the actual show, basically. that That's a sound check. So... But the fact I'm the one staying until the very end in the morning, it does depend on the amount of sleep and flesh or work I had that day before deciding if my, if my presence on stage is needed or not. So uh, production team and the stage manager are on site. Yes, they are there to make sure everything runs smoothly. Even the hospitality, is there. hospitality team is there to accommodate the tour manager needs, especially if there are more than one accompanying the artist. You can basically come with their VJ, light designer, sound technician, with with their team of five or six people. So yeah, it mean, it does depend on on the amount of how tired I am if I want to. I have the the strength to come to the to the soundcheck before the actual show starts.
1: So you've basically done a whole day's work doing the soundchecks, working with artists, setting everything up before everyone else gets on site ready for the festival.
0: True story. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: When do you actually get time to sleep then?
0: Uh, Basically between breakfast and brunch.
1: (laughs) That's not very long (laughs) then, is it? (laughs) But, you know, we love it. We can handle it, can't can't we? We we get used to it, don't we? So we we kind of run on adrenaline and you can just keep going. So anyway, that is a lot of things you have to do there. I mean, even I didn't realize some of the things you have to do and get involved oh, in that. Oh, you have no so idea. So that is a lot. Um, so what would you say is one of the biggest challenges you face? Besides me asking you if I can bring photographers on stage to take pictures, of course.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, there are challenges before and and during the show as well as after in equal amount of of brain damage that they leave you with. And I really can't pinpoint the biggest ones as of now. They are tiny and they are really great challenges in each segment prior during uh, and after the event. However, by being as astute as possible leaves you with much less of of the mentioned brain damage as you are aware of the things that might go or certainly will go, will go wrong and you can also prepare yourself and, and others around you or just do everything in your power not to stress out as it will hit you hard. So you hassling me for the excess is the main thing in my position and that is to make everyone feel as welcome as possible to bring their top A game without me burning out while doing it. So maybe basically that is the biggest challenge, not to burn out while making everyone happy.
1: Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously when I come along, I'm like, oh, my media need to get here, please help me. Um, So I should probably explain to people listening the way the stage is set up at exit. There's no photo pit like there is at the main stage. So it's kind of like a massive DJ booth where the... uh, the photographers have to have access close to the artist. So obviously, you show me where they can go, where the, you know. and each artist is different. Some of them allow you on for 10 minutes. Some of them will allow two photographers on at once. Others will allow more on. So each time it's different, which then makes it a challenge. So every time we come up, there's different rules and different things we have to do. And equally, I'm often up till the end like you because someone has to escort the photographer every time. And normally it's me. <laughs> so you get to kind of oversee it, but you get to enjoy the music too, which is also what I love. So I don't really mind doing it. It's a win-win. You. <laughs> you know, I always remember one, I can't remember which DJ it was, but instead of having all the photographers on at once for 10 minutes, they only wanted one at a time and each photographer could go on one at a time, but they had like two minutes each and I had to sit behind and stopwatch. Yeah and then get them off and the next one. And there was about 20 photographers waiting and they all got two minutes each. So it was a bit kind of um, stressful managing that situation. But, you know, like you say, each artist is different and we have to accommodate what they want and make it work.
0: True story. Less is as long as possible.
1: I guess it makes it interesting, though, when it's different every time, because otherwise it'd be boring, right?
0: Exactly. That's Maybe. why we're doing this, for the, for the sake of entertainment of ourselves, first.
1: Yeah, no, but it it makes it fun though. So we talked about being good with people. So what about all the technical skills with the equipment? You know, what do you have to learn about that? And how did you even learn that? Did you do an internship? You know, where do you go to learn about that?
0: So I, well, I was kind of actually behind behind the stage, since I was in my teen years, especially when I was DJing. So I've just upgraded myself every year to to the point you you do it automatically. I have and have the necessary knowledge in hand, able to deliver when needed. So it is not just remembering technical things, it is repeating them over and over until they become a part of you and you're able to pull them out uh, of the drawer anytime you needed them.
1: And how did you get your first break in the industry then? How did you start out?
0: Oh, yeah. So my first job in the industry is pretty much connected to, with the one I'm, I'm doing right now, which was putting the, the data in the Excel sheet for, for the share conference in Belgrade that pretended to be. But somehow in the meantime, I was so into, into all the segments of the event management at that place that I finished my assignment by running two stages, two out of three stages, as a go-to person and making sure everything runs smoothly. So the exit crew automatically placed me on the second largest electronic music stage at the festival. That was 10 years ago. I was 24 years old, so yeah.
1: Wow, that's a great start. So yeah, you were really lucky Uh, then, brilliant.
0: I really am, thanks.
1: Now, what a great first break to have. And did you have any help or a mentor then when you first started out?
0: Well, to be entirely honest, I was kinda, it was kind of easy to progress in the industry, given the fact I had a mentor for each and every segment that I've been through. And those highly skilled individuals gave me all the do's and don'ts of the game and I'm very much grateful to them. So I would like to mention them if, if it's okay with you. So back when I was a stage manager at previously named, um, Captain Avisat stage, now No Sleep, Boyan Chismich, now mostly known as X Coast. He's a highly praised music producer and DJ friend from living in Brooklyn. He was a program manager of that stage and he helped me a lot with the basics of a uh, good stage manager and how to connect with all the ingredients in the process, process in order to run a stage for 5,000 people. So next line is Radomir uh, Popovich. He took me under his wing uh, for a year or two so he could establish uh, all the basics of running one of the best, if not the best dance floors in the world once I made the transfer from No Sleep to the Dance Arena. So both anticipating the needs of, the, of an artist and good preparation before before the show uh, will help you be as chill as possible even though you are supposed to be on your toes all the time. So you basically mean need to know everything that could happen before, before the event uh, or, and after the event. And thirdly, last, but surely not least, <laughs> is uh, Rasko Andrić. He's a former program manager of the Dance Serena and now a production manager of it, but also a project manager for the Sea Star, and numerous others, other exit projects over the course of 20 years, as he's in the loop uh, from the very beginning. So you you must have heard plenty of times that something is not possible to be to be taught in school. But this segment of event management, the program management, really takes a lot of time, really takes a lot of effort and mistakes before you finally master it. Um, as well as having an ability to transfer a 20-year-old knowledge with such an ease to the young and undeveloped uh, mind that mine was back when we started our journey. Just knowing how things work, how to understand, anticipate and uh, reflect on them before they actually happen. made me his, his basically his right hand in all the mentioned uh, projects and also easy to develop as an individual. There are a few other people I'd, like, I'd like to mention. That, that is um, Igor Ridovic, our digital marketing mastermind, uh, Ilya Matkovich, the project manager of the Exit Festival and also a hospitality master, as well as Dusan Kovacevic, our finder, founder and uh, CEO This is the the team I have a privilege and an honor to to work with on a daily basis and now it's your next guest to find out who's the youngest.
1: That's so lovely that you had so many people that wanted to help you and give you knowledge as you were starting out.
0: Yes, and I'm forever grateful to them.
1: So anyone listening who's looking to get started, definitely look for an internship or someone to learn from to help you because I'm sure there's lots of people out there who are willing to pass on their knowledge and want to help the next generation.
0: Yes. I would really like to like pass the knowledge. It's not, it's not an easy thing to do, but I will, I will do my best.
1: You're right. You do end up learning on the job. I mean, I've always wondered uh, about tour managers. Where do you learn to do that, for example?
0: You just do it. You just start doing it and you just learn it by mistake.
1: Definitely. Now, one thing I wanted to mention about you is that you're someone who works behind the scenes, but you're also a DJ as well. So what is it like being on both sides?
0: Well, it, it it does help. It, it really helps anytime, just by knowing the the equipment as well as the necessities that a DJ needs in order to execute the best possible show. You know. On the other audience side, I do try to anticipate what would have been my needs in the early days of going to the parties and try and do my best to implement those on our events. It's basically a simple cost-benefit and win-win situation and uh, constantly trying to improve my way of going to the parties and what, what, what would I expect when I was a teenager. And I, would, I really try to do my best to implement those things into everyday work. So I, we are really trying our best to accommodate the needs of an individual artigoer. That's what we do. And we need, to, we need them to wish to come back again and again and again. It's really about the experience that we are giving them on our events.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting that they can complement each other then.
0: Yeah, they, they, they do because you take all the things from, from one segment to another and, as you said, complement them and connect the dots and make sure everybody is as happy as possible from the artist's perspective, from the agent perspective and for the, from the audience perspective.
1: So when did you start DJing then and how often do you DJ now?
0: Um, I started back when I was like 40, 14 years old which is almost 20 years old, 20 years now. Wow. <laughs> I, bought, I, bought a, I bought two, two turntables and the mixer and throw my first party a couple of months later in my hometown. was really into to, to the point that I was practicing a few hours before and straight after school for over a month. Non-stop beat matching of uh, various tribal and old school techno. I'm really, really kind of missing those days so much. Even though I stopped playing on turntables, I bought a vinyl the other day after almost eight years. So I I don't have I don't have that much time to to play as much as I want to. I it always depends on the on the lineup, and I really prefer doing the intro sets. I'm kind of specialized in intro sets, but basically, if you do a proper intro, then the the place is set, and the headliner can do basically whatever they want. They can take the audience wherever they, they, they want them. I'm, I'm there to just to, to set up the mood.
1: Perfect. And I'm sure you do it amazingly. I need to see you DJing Thank sometime.
0: You. Yeah, you really need to hear me first and then see me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe yes. you'll be doing an exit after party.
0: Yeah, that would be amazing.
1: So you said you started DJing at 14, right? So did you always want to work in the music industry then? And what were your influences growing up?
0: We had a lot of influences. from. My main main field was always electronic music in all shapes and forms since my early ages when my father introduced me to Peter Gabriel, to Deep Forest, to Dire Straits, to Osibisa at the beginning. And then later on, a couple of Concox early mixes. Then Richie Houghton, Marco Bailey, Dave Clark, Ben Steams, and of course our Marco Nassitz. Uh, got me to the point when I was uh, just sleeping with my, with my headphones and waking up knowing all the transitions, the tracks, and it just blew off. So I was spending my entire pocket money buying dozens of records each month. And what I said everything before is now having the privilege to meet them personally after spending a lot of time uh, studying their way of playing records. So yeah, I, was, I always wanted to be, to be in, the, in the music industry and 10 years in the event management industry and almost 20 years in the music business. And there were numerous, both big and and small things that made me proud.
1: Yeah, you must have a lot of great memories then.
0: Uh, Memories, yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what would you say you love about your job the most then?
0: I mean, both artists and especially agents and tour managers' feedback. You know that even though artist is, is used to saying, wow, good job. Yeah, I'll definitely come back soon. On the other side, their agent and tour manager or both will kind of eat you alive if something isn't provided accordingly. So uh, once the job is perfectly done, according to each sender's, especially mine, as I tend to be a little bit picky, uh, shaking hands and saying an honest thank you is something you, you do not forget. And it keeps you going forward in order to accommodate even more as they all return at some point and remember that everything was outstanding. So yeah, Jeff Mills, for instance, um, after I had to shut them down, uh, after a uh, third encore at E-Dance Festival in Montenegro, when I thought I'd get a proper rinse from him and also Keti he, he just came and said, many thanks for having me. With, with all the understanding of why we had to close the, the, the full stage, we passed the curfew for, for over an hour. So yeah, also solving a problem after problem during both day and night is something you feel proud about and it does make you stop and say, what the hell are we doing? So this might not be a NASA space shuttle, but hey, I might as well be solving those problems that are in a tight schedule of two major Taipei headliners that are about to go on stage at the same time. I do paraphrase a little bit, but you get the, you get the point, I hope.
1: <laughs> no, I totally get you there. So yeah, you I mean, like I say, you've done so many things. So hopefully there'll be a lot more coming soon.
0: I honestly look forward to those.
1: Me too. I can't, I can't
0: sit at home. I, I really can't sit at home for another year. <laughs> I can't sit at home for another year. <laughs> oh,
1: I know. I think everyone feels the same now. We're all seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So what inspires you to keep going and doing what you're doing?
0: It inspires me, in, uh, like I said, just to have uh, an, an amazing feedback from, from the people in the, in the industry, uh, as well as just playing nice and with an open heart, staying true to the, to the music firstly, and then the rest of the business. That will keep everybody and, and me floating. And also, it, it does open uh, a lot of doors. People always cherish honesty and, and hard work at least that is what i tend to, to notice to notice first about the people and yeah you really need to have a have a gut driving through driving you through the mud i mean this can be a really really hard hard thing to do from time to time but when it's done then you're feeling as as satisfied as possible
1: No, I agree. I always find that, you know, we have to work so hard on Exit Festival because it's a four day event. It's a night event, so it goes from eight to late in the morning. So that's long hours. And as we've spoken about before, you have to be on site nearly all day before then. So you're kind of working 24 7 for four days in a row. But then it's that moment, even though you're so tired, when you finish, you know, when you go to the dance arena, the sun comes over the fortress walls, you see those 20,000 people there all happy happy. And the tiredness and stress, no matter what you've been feeling before then, just melts away. And that's what makes it all worthwhile, right?
0: Yeah. And it makes you go to the after party right after that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this is why we do what we do.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, it's been so lovely talking to you, Miro. Thank you so much for your time today and an insight into your world.
0: Thank you very much for inviting me. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, thank you. I mean it's really good for me to learn more about your job as well so I can understand you even more. And I look forward to bringing more photographers to your stage again very soon.
0: Please do as many as possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're like, no, don't bring any ever. It's a nightmare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's no. why we will we'll we make a special boot for your photographers, no no question about it. We'll try to make a special boot for for Nikki and her crew. <laughs>
1: Now, and then I, I like coming to backstage dance arena to get a nice coffee because you have the best coffee.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, and, and it gives me an excuse to come say hi.
0: That's the most important thing.
1: Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I better let you go and do your thing. But thank you so much. Lots of bye. love. Bye. Friends
0: and kisses. <laughs> bye bye. You've been listening to Meet Me Backstage. Make sure you subscribe for more conversations with backstage stars working behind the scenes in the music industry around the world.